All right, welcome to Put on a Record, the Fuck Your Ears edition. What? Hi, John. Hello, <laughs> I'm here. Fuck your ears edition, Sorry. what do you mean? I'm just referring to the audio issues we were discussing prior. Oh, well, you know, fuck John. What else is new? Yeah. Everybody had a good week, weekend. It was okay. Nah, it was what it was. Yeah, it's kind of my... Yeah. What about you, Joe? Better to, any good? It's yeah. better to be dead inside than dead outside. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> cool. Um, we're going to talk about Saint John this week, um, also known as get as Ghetto Lenny. Did y'all no. know that he also goes by Ghetto Lenny? No, I did not. I did. I, I did not. Uh, uh, 34-year-old Brooklyn, New York, uh, hip-hop R&B artist, rapper, singer, songwriter, record producer. Uh, he also plays guitar. Nice. Didn't know that either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I first heard this dude um, on his uh, previous album. Um, the track was called Who Do You Blame? Came up on a playlist. Um, it was pretty dope. Uh, I honestly, I'll be honest, though. I didn't listen to the whole album. I probably should. That album is called Ghetto Lenny's Love Songs. Uh, but we're going to be talking about his new one, While the World Was Burned. You know, Dylan, I was going to ask you why you didn't listen to the whole album before reviewing it, but it was an old album. I get it. Yeah, it was an older, it was an older album. But I did listen to yeah, this whole album. Top to bottom? Top to bottom in a, in a weird order, apparently. So uh, Apple Music... In the, in the original configuration. Original configuration on Apple Music did not have Smack DVD with Kanye. They released it the day after as a single and then reconfigured the track listing completely. <laughs> so spent a little bit of time reworking the notes here. But uh, I think we're good to go. So if you want to jump into the first yeah. track, we can... Uh, yeah, let's get it going. All right, first track is Sucks to Be You, which is the second single. Uh, it was produced by Fallen. I thought this song was dope as fuck. Uh, it was a solid start. The songwriting, to me, was a little bit of reminiscent of Tracy Chapman, uh, and it had kind of a Kid Cudi vibe. I liked it. Oh, I didn't <laughs> think it was Cudi. I thought it was more of the Drake and the Weeknd sort of a thing like it, to me it's not exactly like them but it was kind of like a homage to them so it's like proof of the lasting legacies of these two artists where it kind of had that almost minor sounding beat with a super strong sung melody over the top of it uh, so i thought the song was like a dope vibe the beat was perfect for the style that he was doing uh it was a great intro like i don't have anything wrong with it beat lyrics delivery everything about it was top notch I mean, I would tell you guys something about it, but you've said it all pretty much. You know, I love the chorus. It was very reggae-ish, in my opinion. Like, he had, like, a, a reggae vibe going on, but not through the whole thing. Um, it was mainly on, only in the first verse. Um, I liked the second verse better because it slowed down and it fit with the chorus a lot better. But overall, man, this is easily one of my favorites on the entire album. Same. Track two is Switching Sides. Um, the melody was cool. The beat was just kind of okay. Uh, I felt like the verses were a lot better than the hook. The track all in all was just kind of missing that uh, it factor. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I thought that it was one of those songs that really pushes itself outside of what I call rap music. But like the beat to me was like 100% rap. You know what I mean? Like, it's not really lending itself to singing, but that's what he does for the most part over it. I thought the verses were fine. Uh, but in the end, I thought it was just kind of okay. It wasn't great. So average is kind of where it leveled up to. Where the more that I listen to it, the more I'm like, ah, it's cool. But definitely feels like a song that should have been later. Uh, I think a lot of these were. Both of these, I think, should have come a little later in the album. Um we can get to it a little bit later, but I think he goes downhill throughout his whole album, you know? So I think it would have been nice to have something like really good in the middle to bring you back into it. But um, I thought it was an okay song. Uh, he does take a lot of really, really weird. I will call him a chop 
but it's not really a chop. He takes his style choices in very awkward places sometimes, and it shows a lot in the song. Track three is Freedom is Priceless. Um, all right, so there's nothing bad about this track, and when listening to this, like, I, it kind of hit me, like, I expect big things from this dude in the future. Um, but I want to come back to that comment when we're done. Uh, I love this beat. This is probably my favorite beat on the album. One thing that did come to mind when listening to it is like in his prime, little Wayne would have killed this beat. Oh yeah, absolutely. I thought the beat was bonkers. You know what I mean? Like it was just like, it's one of those beats where you're just like, yeah, you can give this to five different artists and you're going to get five totally different takes on this beat. Uh, but I thought that his flow was perfect for the type of song he was putting together. Uh, really, my only criticism was that it was so short, you know, clocking it in under uh, two minutes. But yeah, yeah, Wayne, Wayne would have done his thing on it. I think he would have done it on a couple of these tracks. But but yeah, no, I, I definitely like this it, one. It was a pretty one. short song. There are a couple of shorter songs on the album. Um, he made the choice to take a couple of his songs and do only one verse with a pre-chorus, a chorus, maybe a bridge, an outro. So he fills it up to make it a you know three-minute song or whatever. But some of them do, like this one does feel a little short. Track four is The Roses Remix featuring Future. Um, this is the TikTok song, the, the, <clears throat> the remix. The, the first one um it's cool i've heard it a lot i'd probably like it a lot better if it wasn't a thing you hold on you heard <laughs> this one a lot with future uh no no i've just i probably heard track yeah, 14 the, 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 the e remix. remix yeah it's cool like like i said i probably would have liked this a lot better if it if i hadn't heard it a million times when my daughter scrolls That's through fair. tiktok or when I scroll through TikTok, I'm not going to, you know, make that a Gen Z thing. I often scroll through TikTok. Um, yeah, it's it's fine. Which TikTok are you part of, Dylan? Yeah. Uh, I get a lot of, like, uh, parents, uh, like, ridiculing their kids' lingo. That's a good TikTok. Yeah. So I'm getting, I'm guessing you uh, get a lot. I get a lot of twerking on mine. And I somehow end up, end up in the right. gay and lesbian. Well, mostly lesbian, but... Uh, side of TikTok. It's okay over there. It's not a bad place to live. Hey, man, do your thing. Um, yo, I will say that Future did his part on this remix. It's the only part of this remix that I liked. Oh, man. I thought this was, the beat was tailor-made for radio, listening to the old one and listening to how they updated it for this one. Uh, and I'm typically a fan of Future Features, but I think I actually would have preferred a solo version over this beat or maybe somebody like Wayne to come in and elevate the song. I didn't think Future showed his and full that's fair. I don't overly know, I don't really oh, yes. over, overly know Future, but I think he did okay on this one. Like, I wouldn't turn it off because he was on it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'm not turning it off either because it is what it is. But, like, it just to me, I would have preferred a solo. You know his original verses as compared to adding future for just the credibility of having sure. future on your song. Track five is Monica Lewinsky election year featuring a boogie with the hoodie and a baby. Uh, I hate this beat. I'm not a fan of the hook. <laughs> this is the most skippable song on this. Album. Yeah, I said I didn't love the chorus. Uh, the melody that he was doing on the chorus was fine. Uh, Saint was good. The baby was okay. Boogie with a hoodie, I could have done without. Um, I just think that, you know, the whole Monica Lewinsky thing is cringy now. Like, you know, we're past that. You know, the whole Me Too thing just kind of adds a whole little sour taste to bringing up something that's happened what was that, 15 years ago. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, like, I just think it was well it wasn't well thought out or well played yet you know oh that's clever but i mean you know we've probably had two dozen songs about monica Lewinsky in the 2000s so but yeah definitely a little i, don't know, I, I thought for what it's worth i thought da baby's verse slapped i think he did a good job on this one i would turn it off after 
Boogie went out. Yeah, it's, it's soft. Yeah, wow. Boogie Boogie did not, not do his thing. Track six, high school reunion prom, uh, featuring a little Uzi Vert. Um, I love the flow and the melody, and I like how he switches up the vocal melody in the last four bars before the hook. And I really liked the Uzi feature. The only thing I didn't like oh, was the beat. That's an interesting comment. Go ahead, Dwayne. Let me hear what you got to say. Yeah. I got to say, yeah, I like the beat, and I thought the chorus was pretty nice. Uh, the verses just didn't really do it for me. Uh, like Even Lil Uzi Vert you know, didn't show out like I expect him to when he does features. Uh, like, yeah, so, so the verses just didn't do it for me. The rest of it was pretty okay. Um, but so it just kind of averaged out to just being an average skippable <laughs> sort of a song. I I actually like the song, okay? Enough. I think he could have done more with the chorus. Uh, either take some of his over-processed like, reverb off of it to make it like an actual chorus or add a more melodic piece to it. And then it, I think it would have been dope. Um, and then I would turn it off after Zivert. Or before Zivert. So, I, I don't know if I'm not a fan. You guys both say he's, he's dope on it. He did his thing. But I, I don't know if I can agree. Yeah, I've seen him do better. Like, So it's a subpar feature for me. All right. So let's talk about track seven and eight. <laughs> okay, um, I'm down with that. Yeah. Both feature Kanye West. Um, and I just kind of have the same same notes on both of them. So I, when I first heard St. John, like I thought that maybe I had found something. I don't know how popular this dude was, um, you know, prior to this album. But I I mean, once you get a yay feature, you've made it. Right? I, I would have given so. Yeah. You'd think. You'd think so. Like, but is that the, still the thing? <laughs> no, not really. But it's it's kind of weird. Like, because to me, Pray For Me, uh, the first one we're talking about, like, it's not the Kanye that you're expecting on the song Pray For Me. Like, now. You know what I mean? Like, to me, it sounds like it's an old Life of Pablo verse. Mm-hmm. Where it's nothing, nothing really special about it. Like, so to me, it just kind of sounds like something that was older. But then Saint was super solid on it. Like, I would have enjoyed the song more without Kanye. It could be like a half-finished song, you know, that Saint went back and changed and made better. So check it out. I don't think Kanye's feature was for this. Okay? If I had to guess, Kanye came in to do Smack DVD. I was like, oh, that Pray For Me joint's kind of nice. You got a spot on there? Cool. Let me go in and just freestyle a verse for you. That's what it sounded like for me. I don't even know if we're getting Kanye verses at this point so much as we are getting like that's Kanye fair. rhetoric. I, I can see that, yeah. Yeah, that's why Yeah, that's why I'm feeling like it's a life of Pablo era to it. Because if you listen to it in the way that he's kind of staggering, it's like he's writing two bars and then he kind of falls off of his train of thought, and then he comes back with like two more bars and then falls off his train of thought. That's how it's, he was in the Joe Rogan interview. Yeah. So, like I said, to me, it reminds me of Life of Pablo and, you know, that he was better on that. Yeah. Kanye is just too all over the place for me. Yeah. Smack DVD was even worse, in my opinion. Uh, the, the beat and the delivery that Saint did was fine. Uh, but I am definitely not a fan of the rambling Kanye's not on his mind. That the song is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, to me it's like it's it's almost a drill song. So you're like, you know, I'd rather hear Chief Keef on it than Kanye. You know, and so like the whole song just kind of rambles on. Yeah. Uh track nine, Time for Demons. Nothing stood out about this track for me. I the only thing that stood out was a negative. I felt like it suffered from like really, really? weird mixing. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was a little of, awkward. I don't have a lot of. I thought the beat was the fact that it was a slower song. Is it the does it not fit in with the rest of them? Yeah, because it doesn't have that like beat to it. Yeah, yeah. Sonically, it feels different than everything else. 
So I thought the beat was good and the chorus was solid, but I didn't think the verses reached the same level as the rest of the song. And with it sticking out like a sore thumb, it was one of my lower points of the project. Track 10 was the uh, first single, Gorgeous. Um, this was super average, uh, lacks any sort of substance. Uh, this was 100% yep. for the radio. Oh, absolutely. I thought that he had a good vibe for it. Uh, he had a decent flow. The beat was pretty nice to me. It kind of reminded me of like an ASAP Rocky, kind of a almost radio, not radio sort of a thing. But what really bothered me about this song is I'm, when I'm listening to it the first couple of times, I'm not hearing gorgeous when he's talking, like when he's doing his chorus. I'm like, I had to stop what I was doing and go back and look at it. Like, what is he even saying? Like, just because with the, the way it's tuned and the way he's saying it, it was a little shaky. So, yeah, it ended up being pretty average. It had a good vibe to it, but nothing that I would, you know, go out of my way to listen to. Know. It was okay. It was a good song. It, it wasn't as melodic as a lot of his other songs on the album. Um, and it didn't have the same kind of vocal processing. So to me, this one stood out a little bit as just not being as on par with everything else so far. So, But it's a good song. I like what he's saying. He's got a lot of deep um, lyrics. A lot of he, He's actually saying some shit through a lot of these songs, which is crazy because I can't really understand him. So I had to read it. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that was what I was running into. But I think that lends back to the fact that he's a songwriter first. Like he was trying yeah. to write songs for right. pop R&B artists. You know, so where you have to have a little bit deeper See, substance. Than but the, the way he writes with stuff. his really... Where he cuts his lines at, right? It's not in the middle of a line. It's not at a line. It's at a weird sound of a word in the and then he goes on and says four more words in the line. it's like what what are you doing where did you come up with this how did you this cadence is crazy and that's kind of why i feel like it has that reggae vibe to me just because they you know that reggae has that you know very i, I don't even know how to explain it guys yeah he, he's right. a little all over the yeah. place sometimes but Track 11 is Quarantine Wifey featuring Jid. Or is it J-I-D? It's all I'm pretty, sure it's, sure it's not I'm pretty sure it's Jid. Jid. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, so I felt like this could have been so much better. Um, I, I really liked the beat. The beat was cool, which like the last few beats I really wasn't feeling. So I'm like, oh, a dope beat, finally. Um, the lyrics and songwriting was not here. Um, and the feature sounded like the dude had put his head in between a karaoke machine and a boombox and played the beat and then recorded it. Hey, man. You we don't know what people, people used to do record. back in the day. You know, maybe yeah. maybe that's what he did. He could have done. I'm just saying that that's what it sounded like. No me. quarantine life. Like... Maybe he couldn't get to the studio. <laughs> Yo. Maybe. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I... I, I... I think but, they used uh, the hey, horn I... in this beat perfectly. It came in right on time. It was in the right spot. The horn was great. I think the interlude that they put in it was super, that little tribal, like four-bar tribal spot, really interrupted this song. It threw the vibe of the song way off, and then he tried to pull it back like nothing happened, and that, that just didn't, it didn't hit like that. It almost sounded like they had to change the beat just so JID's verse could get put in because it was so, you know, karaoke style. Yeah, it was a little, it was a little awkward, and I've looked it up. Jid, it's Jid. It stands uh, for jittery. Okay. All right. So, 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 just so you know. But yeah, no, this. I, my only big note, you know, because it's an okay song overall for me, um, but I could have done oh, without like the skit, skit at, at the end. end. Like it's in the song. Like no, no, no. I don't have a problem with the skit itself. I have a problem with the skit being on the song. Like it's it's a super pet peeve of mine having a skit so I don't think... tagged onto the song. Like if they'd have had it, 
the same instrumental with it. You know what I mean? Just as a different track. Like I always have to rate it lower when you have a skit that you have to sit through or skip. I mean, I'm at not the end mad at that sentiment. That makes a lot of sense to me. But I think that was like legitimately a guy who sent him a video or voice clip and he just used it and put it in the song. But I'm with you. I think it'd be to put it as a, as a secondary or a, a hidden song as number 11.5 or something. That would have been dope. But I thought it was sweet. I thought those people were sweet. They're just like, man, we just we just wanted to see you. And now we got to take this trip for no reason. Because the whole reason we was coming up there was to see you. I thought it was cool. Right. But there is no track 11.5. There's a track 12. It's Ransom featuring Black and Kalani. Um, it's not the worst track. Uh, the beat could have done without the hi-hats, and I felt like his octave was too high. He needed to take it down a notch. Yeah, I, I felt that the Drake vibe was super yeah. strong on this one. Uh, but, but it was okay, so I didn't really you know, stress over too much. Black was solid, but I didn't think that he added anything to the song that St. John wouldn't have done. Like, So you could have just taken his verse clean off and let him do a second one. Uh but the girl, she fit perfectly. You know what I mean? Like her voice, she was mixed a little high in my opinion, but like her vibe on it fit really well to do the harmonies. But yeah, it, it definitely sounded like he was going higher than he should have. But to me, that's the Drake. I thought it was a very cohesive song with Black included. Granted, taking him off and letting St. John do another verse, I think would have done the same thing. That They worked really well on the song together so much so that they sounded kind of identical. I don't know if I could agree with you guys on the high pitch thing. It didn't really notice it to me. Um, but uh, Kalani was the thing that made the song go off. I'm sad that they used her more in the end of the song than throughout the whole song. Yeah, well, Black was only there for the right. second verse and the second chorus. And and Saint is still doing stuff over that oh, part, yeah. so it was kind of weird because he like he wrote the whole. It sounded like he wrote the whole song, and then Black came in and redid his verse, but they left all the ad libs and harmonies and stuff that Saint did. It was just kind of it was kind of weird the way they put it together. Track thirteen, back on the ledge. Um, again. Uh, really didn't like the beat hi-hats weren't doing this guy any favors at this point like in the in the few tracks prior everything just started to run together for me um yeah it's fine but like it like the album had just lost me at this point it's fair yeah i i thought the beat was okay like it was fine uh i thought the verse the verse that was on there was top notch like it was the best part of the song to me it kind of had a post Malone vibe to it, but like I mean that in like the best way possible. Uh, the pre-chorus was okay. The chorus was super subpar. The the track came in at you know a little bit below average. Like it wasn't anything special, and it could have easily have been left off. So I didn't hate anything. the song, but I also didn't overly like it. There was um, like a a triple time kick or a synth eight oh eight or something that was in there. Um, and if they would have left that out until the middle end of the song, I would have liked this like a lot more. But those triple time synths destroyed the first verse for me and the first chorus. Like they didn't sit well in it. It didn't make any sense. It didn't, it just, I didn't like it. And then at the end, which was basically in the chorus in the same chorus, it ended up working. So I don't know what happened or maybe it was the, um, drama of the song finally catching up in the end or something, but that's when it finally made sense for those to be in there. But other than that, I, I did not like those in there at all, and I, I wish they would have taken them clean the hell out of it. And last track is TikTok remix, boys. the other remix. Yeah. So I did, whatever. I searched before we get too far. Yeah, this, I, I did I, search Eamon Beck just to see like what he's done, and he hasn't done anything. He's done a lot of things. Like, don't get it wrong, he's done a lot of things, but he hasn't done anything. He literally just remixes songs. As far as I could find, I mean, it was like a little five-minute search. It wasn't very long, but 
All he does is remixes remix songs. So I thought that was pretty cool that he remixed this song and it ended up being good enough that somebody on TikTok made it famous. Yeah, I'm not usually a big fan of these type of remixes where they where the right. artist definitely didn't have any say in it at all. Uh, but I thought that the pitch vocals and the vibe of the beat makes it an easy add to a party type playlist. Um, so yeah, it, it's like a like so I was a little conflicted because it doesn't fit with anything else on here. Like, but you can see right. why they put it there because it's so big. Uh, I mean, else. you could say put it there, but. On the four playlists that I found, the Eamon Beck remix was not on it at all. Mm. Oh, I just meant on the actual album, which, which, like I said, it didn't. The original press or the original release didn't have it. It was got when it. they released Smack DVD. That's when they redid put the, it in uh, there. The order that it got edited. It makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, because it's on the album, it is actually my highest rated one because I think this song slaps. I like this song a lot. Um, but that's because of TikTok. You know, it's all no cap. Yeah. What, is the, no what does cap. no cap mean, Dylan, <laughs> with a fourteen-year-old person that could actually answer this question? Oh, she explained it to me. It's uh, it's kind of it kind of means like uh, what is okay, Dylan? I'm old. Like remember ass. what does dead ass mean? All right. So like, I'm serious. Like I'm serious. So is it no cap? Yeah. Interesting. No cap. Yeah, did like not lying, the, no uh, exaggeration. Yeah. I did, I just Google. Yeah, yeah, just to just to quadruple check us. Yeah, it's like real it's talk. like when we used to say real talk. Let's bring that back. Yeah, real talk. Next week on Real Talk, we'll teach you a new uh, hip word, like like no cap. <laughs> 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 We're gonna start a new podcast called Real Talk, where we a just pick five random phrases out of Urban Dictionary. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> Today we're gonna teach you what carbohydrate means. Hey, I could do a whole you podcast could? on like hockey slang. Dirty dangles. What are you watching? Dirty Butter fucking Kenny? dangles, boys. Sweet, nice sweet snipe, silly boys. <laughs> All right, so. This album, though, as a whole, um, it was very polarizing for me. So, like, I originally, I back to my comment, I expect big things from this dude. I need to put an asterisk by that. I expect big things from this dude with the right direction. Um, halfway, like, once we got to the Kanye tracks, the album just fucking lost me. Uh, it started strong. It ended super poorly for me. Um so like I have to give this a oh, try so hard to be a three out of five. Yeah. Overall, I thought St. John is solid in general. Uh, he's got a good ear for beats. Even if it didn't make a good song, the beats were pretty well put together. Uh, he can craft a nice melody, has a solid flow. Dude can write a song. Uh, so some of the songs on here are short, but I'm starting to realize that this is like an overarching thing with newer music where you get one verse and the chorus kind of a thing. Uh, so I'm trying not to knock the songs too hard for just being simply short. Uh, well, my math worked out to a 3.7. So it's a little bit of, yeah, so it's a little, it's a little above, it's a little above average for me, but it like, to me, I think it's just the vibe. Like, so when I take it one song at a time, I'm like, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. And then when Dylan's like, yo, at the end, it just kind of all ran together. That's kind of what it did for me. Like, it wasn't good or bad. It just kind of ran through. But the math put it a little bit higher than I expected it to. I expected it to be closer to the three, but so, it did get up a little bit higher. Worth, I agree with you, Dylan. And I agree with you, Dylan. Um, it does kind of all blend together, but I feel like that's a lot of new music. You know, like, listen to Leroy. Um, the last time we spoke, the, they were dope songs, but they all kind of ran together. They were the same for me. And this is kind of that same overarching, like Dwayne said, um, feel for me. And um, as far as the one verses go, he's right. That's that's a thing that's happening a lot now. And I think it's kind of weird, but I almost like it. The weird thing about this album doing that is some of those one verse 
like weird things that happen are a three minute or three and a half minute song. You know, so even though you are Dwayne, you're saying some of these are short and you're right, they are. Um, some of them have the one verse and are still a long song. I, I found myself going, Oh yeah, that's dope. And then I would look through the lyrics and I'm like, Oh, there was only one verse on that, you know, and it was a long song. My one biggest complaint is it was really hard to understand it. Yeah, he's got that when he's auto-tuned and the way yeah. he pronounces this thing with his New York accent in there. Uh, well, and then he throws so much reverb on some of them that it takes it to an even further spot, you know? Um, and I do want to bring up, did anybody notice the millionaire ad-libs? I think on every, I if you go back and look, at the lyrics, on every song but like one or two of them, there's a, I told Lee I'm going to be a millionaire. I told Lee he's a millionaire. He's going to be a millionaire or something on there. Every. Almost a trick. Oh, that does uh, which, sound familiar now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a tag. Which may be true. I, say, I think it's the tag. After a while, for the I was like, every song, every one, and 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 it would be different if it was like yeah, it, the same tag but different. Like you put reverb on it or chopped it up or screwed it or yep. something anywhere in the album, but it sounded like it was just the same tag. That's it. Yeah, it yeah, it didn't rub me anywhere near as oh, raw sure. as it did for Chris Calico and uh Action. So like to me it didn't stand out enough that I was bothered by it. <laughs> yeah, it didn't bother me as much as Twenty One Savage did. I will but... like the I, I will say <laughs> that before we get into unfair to compare, I liked his use of describing things, right? Like I got an uh, a Honda Accord on my wrist just to show like how much money he's got somewhere. He drops yep. a lot of names through this whole album, but he does it in like a funny way. You know? He's... Well, if you like descriptive words, you're going to love. Unfair Bring it on. <laughs> who was, who was unfair <laughs> to compare? This week we've got Sage Francis and Aesop Rock, not to be confused with ASAP Rocky. Aesop Rock. Uh, both East Coast, uh, Sage Francis from Rhode Island, Aesop Rock from Long Island, New York. Um, both very descriptive in, uh, in their writing. Um, almost, uh, maybe not so much Sage Francis, but Aesop Rock, I would say, complex and abstract almost to a disadvantage uh, to where it's almost that word just to use it yes good job it was a good, good spot for it yeah i did um and, and i actually have a a, a, a side note here that uh, i'm not 100 percent sure who wrote this but critics state that his use of words can be so detailed it becomes difficult to determine any meaning the lyrics are sometimes inspired events that occurred in his personal life, thus naturally prone to subjective interpretation by outsiders. Um, um, John, have you ever listened no. to Aesop Rock? All right. Dwayne, you've listened to Aesop Rock. I have, and extensively you know what the in the fuck last he's two talking days. about? Sometimes. <laughs> right, but it's cool, though. You know what I mean? Like, the dude's vocabulary is fucking incredible. Oh, absolutely. Like, I love listening to the dude, but, like, I don't have a fucking clue what he's talking about most of the time. Yeah, his connected dots go in different orders than ours. Yeah, for sure. Uh, whereas Sage Francis is also equally as descriptive. Um, but, you, I mean, he gets the message across. Uh, and I would, if you're not super well read and haven't read, you know, like two or three, hey, Kurt Kurt Vonnegut Vonnegut? Books, you may not get all the references, oh. but Kurt Vonnegut, he's an author. Um, Hence the book. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, at least it, he gets his point across. Um, but both of them, I, you know, not your traditional rappers, um, very abstract ideas in their songs. Um, 
And I think so. I mean, if you're just going by studio discography, there's there's more Aesop rock material than there is Sage Francis. But if you throw in mixtapes, there's infinitely more Sage Francis uh, material. Uh, both are part of outside groups. Sage Francis was part of nonprofits and uh, Epic Beardman. Aesop Rock was part of Hail Mary Mallon and uh, The Uncluded with Kimya Dawson, which is a, a weird combination, but it worked out really well. Yeah, and he did a thing with an electronic producer last year or the year before. I can't remember what. Yeah, he did. Well, it was Ken, Ken something. Uh, yeah, it was like a Barbie thing. I can't remember what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Barbie themed. Yeah. I can't remember what it is on top of my head. But, uh, um, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, like, before I talk about it, I got to tell you, I'm not a, really a fan of either one of the artists, you know? So, like, I had to go and give them deep dives just to kind of figure out what it was about them. So, I listened to both artists' discographies and, you know, to get my thoughts on it. And I can honestly say that I'm not any more of a fan now than I was two days ago about okay. either one of them. But, they do have some pluses and they do have some minuses. Like Aesop can write some really nice lyrics. Like, I mean, it's just flat out, whether you understand it or not, they're put together in such a way where it's intriguing to listen to. Uh, and he's also a producer. So he, but as a producer, he kind of pushes it a little too far for me sometimes. Like it's just, yeah, his production sucks. Yeah. Well, some of them are like solid, good, like would have been better with a different rapper on it. But, um, but he can rap. Like, he can rap his ass off, but his voice kind of puts me off to him. You know, more often than not, I'm like, ah, you're just not what I can vibe with. So, like, when I hear his best stuff, more of, like, a traditional hip-hop sounding song, but even that stuff mm-hmm. kind of comes across as, like, a budget MERS or, like, maybe, like, a mix of the little styles of Beyond. So, like, talented, but, like, he's below these other people for me because, like, at his best, he's, like, the worst of two other groups that I like so that was kind of interesting uh, but then Sage like I think he's got like a way better ear for beat like everything every picks is good in some way shape or form uh, and Sage can write solid bars and switches his style up a bit but that's kind of like a detriment to him because I don't know how deep you dug into him but like he's not always on the beat like he's like he's got his paper in front of him and what he wrote is going on this beat. Like, it doesn't matter what beat it is. He's going to put it on there somewhere. Like, he's, he's ahead of the beat. He's behind yeah. the beat. He's like, Before he doesn't it. have a pocket all the time. Like, it reminds me of us when we first started that just, no, even worse than E40. Like, it's just there. Like, these are the bars. I have this time frame. I can record it to the beat or I cannot. You know what I mean? It's like he had the beat in his head and then went and wrote it and then came yeah. back and didn't practice. So, so he got his start in slam poetry, and that may have something. To oh yeah, abs- yeah, absolutely. It's not it's not structured for a beat, and that's like my biggest knock on the sage. Um, yeah. So I would typically skip both of these artists, you know, for a more polished artist of the same caliber, you know, uh, like Slug. Yeah, Slug, Slug, Mers, uh, like I said, Styles of Beyond, like pretty much they're on the other coast, you know. Mm-hmm. The West Coast counterparts to these guys are all infinitely better than them. Uh, but with that said, I'd pick Aesop nine out of ten times uh, if I had to pick. Um, and just like his, you know, his beats are weird and it's not what you like, but he's got enough stuff in there that you got to sit there and you can dissect it and you can come up with your opinions, you know. So. But I like that they're see, and I would I would say Sage Francis, uh, just just off the simple fact that if I listen to it, there may be something I can because take you can from. understand it, or yeah, and that's true. <laughs> really? So you would take yes. Sage Francis over Aesop just because you can understand the references that Sage throws out there? Yeah, to me, it's. Aesop Rock is more of a novelty. It's more of a, let me show my friends what this guy can do. Trophy. Yeah, yeah. He's, de- he's definitely a rapper's rapper. Right. Well. Oh, no, I check it out. There's always going to be a clear winner with John three of us. Either one. It just no, may I not think- be the, the clear winner that you like. All right. What you got, John? 
Oh no, that's fine. My opinion is Asap. I'm going to go with Sage what's Francis your, what's your because of his social, social activism. <laughs> he went. I did. He went okay. to, to South Africa to work well, on solutions to AIDS huh? in South Africa, especially in regards to children. So I think that's really dope. Yeah, that's probably yeah. probably why he hasn't had an album in the last year. They're both 44, though. Like, uh, 2014, six years. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So he did release two way, Epic Beardman albums uh, in 18 and 19. Of all time. With, uh, B, with B. Dolan. Is he on beat, though? Yeah, B. Dolan's like his fucking twin. You know, I've I honestly I've never listened to B Dolan. I you probably guys do that. Let me know. Let's, uh, let's do that after this. Let's listen to B Dolan. <laughs> cool. We'll oh, do an offline man. version. All right. This week I got a good one. It's Ooh. so good. I even got a sixth clue. If you don't get it on the first five, nice, nice. But I think See, and that's that's Dwayne why I did mine last off week the first in a three. really oh. weird way just to try to throw you guys off. All right. First one, it, you know, you're not gonna oh, get my. it based off this, but feel free to guess. Ludicrous. Miami. Miami. Pitbull. <laughs> nope. Not even close, John. <laughs> All right. Second Eminem. is one oh six in park. No. Hmm. Okay. Third clue. Rough Riders. Uh, Miami rapper. Oh, uh, keep going. I have a couple ideas, but I'm not quite sure. All right. Next one. Ooh. Born again Christian. Jin. Wow. I would have never guessed Jin. Yep. <laughs> the one. Well, yeah, 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 but the born again thing made it easy because uh, the Rough Riders didn't have too many people from down south, and like I couldn't, I wasn't one hundred percent sure that Jin was from Miami. Yeah, well, that's where he went back to. So sure. the last, the last clue was bilingual, and if you didn't get it out of those five, <laughs> the sixth clue was going to be learn Chinese. Oh yeah, but- yeah, learn, learn Chinese. <laughs> And of all the songs, you know what I mean? Like, it was the gimmick one, but from a Rough Rider standpoint, it was weird because he had Wyclef do the song. Was he on the song? Yeah. Wyclef? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the one that that Wyclef produced and featured. That would make a lot more sense. Yep, that is. Yeah, I just looked it up. Yeah, yeah, it it was weird because it, it was a Rough Riders thing, but it was Wyclef. You know what I mean? Like as far as that goes, yeah, you won a contract, you know, from the battles in 106 and Park. But then like Wyclef of all people, you know, Swiss Beats was hot at the time, and that wasn't the one. You know, which is kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's yeah. one of those. If you don't know, you never. Seriously, I've heard it, and I never would have got it. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I liked his first album. His second one, not yeah. so much. And then after that, you know, he wasn't really around. Oh, I've got one. Right. Hold on, I've got to one to add to my John's playlist. playlist. Roses, first the Eminem remix. Nice. All right. <laughs> oh, appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, John, is there anything recently added to your oh, playlist that we suggested that you oh, like or don't like? Back up. John's playlist. Uh, yes, I did not like the bubble Bubba Sparks Devil Fire. Yeah, it's a little bit too yeah, country no for me. Like it's it's no, too I country can't even for say me. It's not a bad song. I just didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. No, that was my recommendation that you know anybody should listen to it because it's yeah, country and it, rap. And it is like Actual if you like country, you're probably gonna really like it. cool i had trouble narrowing it down to three this week um if it's cool with y'all i'm gonna do five 
No, like you, yeah. like you said, I think we just pick three as an you know an arbitrary. It's it's cool. Here's the thing: we're no longer doing yeah. what I might, I mean, I might do a playlist. couple here. What right. is so, what are we adding to John's playlist? What are we adding to John's playlist? All right. Well, then I'm gonna just run through my my recent playlist. Um, I'm gonna just kind of cherry pick some things here. So, uh, first one is "Summer Island" by Killer Dash. <laughs> So the, I kind of got a story behind this one. So I was on some celebrities Instagram and this dude killer dash had commented. And that's like a way of marketing now is oh. commenting on celebrities, Instagram posts and plugging your own shit. Um, so that's what he was doing. And I had every intention of going to this dude's page and listening to his shit and going back to his comment and just <laughs> fucking clowning on him. But, it's kind of nice. Right, they're like clown on him. <laughs> you got an open mic. Clown. Like, I ain't going to lie. <laughs> so okay. I even commented. Okay. I, like, I got to ask a question. Fully intended you to clown on you, but you're kind of you tell nice. him that um, you're going to add this to John's yeah. playlist and you can hear about it on Put On Record. Come on. No. So when uh, no, so when Dwayne, when you do the marketing for this episode yeah. and all the shit that you do on the social medias, be sure to tag this dude. Oh no, absolutely. Uh, this, this, yeah, he's nice. Um, for fans of Kid Cudi, like yeah, and uh, and good Kid Cudi. Um, next we got uh, Night Shift by Greaves. Um, so the album that this is from, uh, I was kind of in a bad mood when I listened to it. So I just kind of shrugged it off. I went back and listened to it, and this is a really good track. Um, so Night Shift by Greaves uh, for fans of Rhymesayers and everyone from, from that era of things. Um, the next three are like three of my favorite old school hip hop joints. Um, all of them have like the dopest fucking beats ever. Uh, first one, 93 Till Infinity by Souls of Mischief. Second one, Running by Farside. Yep. Third one, they reminisce over you by Pete Rock and CL Smooth. Yeah, three three solid classics. Yeah, uh, and then the last two were uh, just older hip hop tracks that just made it into my playlist: uh, "San Francisco Nights" by People Under the Stairs, and "People Every Day" by Arrested Development. Oh yeah, I'm digging around a little bit. So that's all I got this week. All right, I got I got three because I keep it standard. The first one is weird. Is a weird story. Like the Spotify algorithm picks the things that I like and gives me a new release radar. So I'm making dinner the other night, and T Pain starts singing, and I'm like, "Oh snap, that's an oldie. Why is it being released now?" Oh. And I go in there, and it's the acapella to "I'm Sprung." No. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm right. like, huh? And that's awkward. It? Like we're talking. This is super, super old. So, so to come to find out, he released like a rarities remix project that had remixes to songs that weren't like officially released. Like there's some club remixes and some street remixes, like the stuff that you were on the Internet and you're like, oh, snap, that features so and so, you know, and you would download it and it would never be on a CD, never be on the radio. It's just a song that you had in your discography just sitting there and you'd put it on and be like, yo, that's my jam. Well, this is one of those, the studio love remix featuring Lil Wayne. All right. Yeah. So it's from, I don't even remember which T-Pain album it's from, but it's from like one of the first three or whatever, like the, whatever came after circus. I think it's the next one after that. Uh, so like it's classic T-Pain and Wayne, but when you go listen to it, listen to Wayne's verse and like the entire thing sounds like it was written for T. I don't do like the content, the style he does everything except for the voice to me reminds me of T of uh, T I really weird, but overall the song is dope. So that's my first one. Uh, my second one is better days by Ant Clemens and Justin Timberlake. Uh, it's for fans of soul music album cut, Justin Timberlake and positive vibes. So, it was kind of a cool little thing. Came out of nowhere. Uh, and the last one I have is I Ain't Shit by Benny Main, M-A-Y-N-E. Uh, for fans of the hip-hop or hip-hop vibes, acoustic rap, because uh, there's no drums in this song whatsoever. 
uh, and like sort of like Black Bear MGK collaborations sort of things. Uh, Benny's actually my newest oh, artist wow. that I followed on Spotify. So worth a little dive. Yeah, yeah, I don't do that. I don't right. do that super often. Usually, I just add them to my playlist and let the algorithm figure it out. Um, but I skimmed through. He did a EP earlier this year, and it had a couple more singles uh, that were out there. It's like not a whole lot of work, but enough that I was just like, okay, well, 2019, 2020, he came to work pretty much. So it's somebody I wanted to keep an eye on because uh, he was he's he's really talented from the small sample size that I've gotten so far. Got it. Got it. Put it on there. Dylan, Dylan, where can we find John's playlist? All right. Oh, man, it's on Spotify, bro. Uh, on John's computer. Spotify. On Spotify. Search for put, put on a record. It's on Spotify. the name of our podcast. And find it on Spotify. And then it's called John's Playlist. That is the name of our podcast. Is it still a podcast? Yes. This is a podcast. But, yeah, you can support your art, support your artists, support your artists by pennies every you time you play. Podcast. I'm a podcast. <laughs> Dirty fucking dangles. Boys. All right, <laughs> all right, y'all next week. Go on. <laughs>